Well, grateful you're not alone. We are in, back in the book of Revelation. Uh, I'll get chapter 8 through chapter 11, and we'll see from there if we take a break or not. But uh, Turn to chapter 8, book of Revelation with me, if you would. And our focal passage this morning will be the first six verses as we look at heaven, hushed. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of the saints, went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Then the seven angels, who had the seven trumpets, prepared to sound them. Let's pray. Father, as we look at your revelation, your disclosure to us, Father, of what is going to happen. Father, we thank you for this beautiful truth in the scriptures of heaven hushed for 30 minutes, Lord. What happens there? Father, as we look at that wonderful truth this morning, we do realize, as we say along with our dear sister, Eleanor, we are not alone. You are with us and you have promised never to leave us or forsake us. And you have given us one another. And I thank you for the testimony of your people, Lord, um, being together. And I pray this morning, we need you, Holy Spirit, uh, to continue in this worship time. We, we've gathered, Lord, to worship you. And it's easy for distractions. It's easy to, to miss you. And Father, I pray that. I will not miss you. I pray, Father, that you would fill me to the full with your spirit and all of us. And that we would, Father, worship you. And we would leave here worshiping you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Bill White, in one of his books, wrote about a ride he had with a troubled man in his van. And the van uh, ran on prayer, pretty much anyway. It was about to fall apart. But that wasn't the man's only difficulty. He was about to go back into prison for the seventh time. Probably a, a longer period of time this time. His family was falling apart. 
His daughter was actually afraid of him. And so he began to share the gospel with this man on this uh, 45 minutes in the van. And the man listened to the gospel. And then he leaned over the steering wheel and he said, you know, my biggest problem is pride. And you want to know the reason why I can't give up my pride? He said, because it's brought me so far. And Bill said, I couldn't believe my ears. Where has it brought you? You're in a rickety van that's about to break down on the side of the road. Your wife's going to leave you. Your daughter's afraid of you. You're going to go back to jail. Where has it brought you? And it's amazing as we look at the book of Revelation, as we come to this seventh seal, and there are people who have ignored God, who have pushed God aside. And now God's fulfillment of His revelation is about to transpire. The six seals have been unfolded in the Scripture We see 144,000 evangelists who have come out with a message of the gospel. Millions come to Christ. And yet, millions are martyred for their faith. And then we see as the judgment unfolds, there are plagues of pestilence, of earthquakes, of asteroids, of darkness, of famine. But yet, people will not humble themselves before God. They refuse to stop and to recognize who He is. And they declare, but my pride has brought me so far. And as we look at the Scripture this morning, we see an audience, if they were before God Himself, would want to give Him advice. Instead of be humble and bow In his presence. The Apostle Paul in the book of Romans chapter 3 verses 16 through 18. This is the text. Ruin and misery mark their ways in the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. You see at this time in the text you have a people whose hearts are hardening. Toward the one hope that they really ultimately have. The hope of the Lamb of God. They have a hardened passion and and purpose, not toward Christ, but away from Christ. And we come to this seventh seal with seven angels and seven trumpets that are about to sound in rapid succession, if not simultaneously. And it's at the second half of that tribulation, that last three and a half years, all of the other judgments are going to be cut loose that haven't been cut loose that have been described in the first six. And we want to look at that this morning as we look at the seventh seal. Notice as the text opens up in verse 1 of chapter 8. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Silence in heaven for about half an hour. Why? Well, just a little review of what's happened previously. The first seal, a white horse that came proclaiming temporary peace. But we know ultimately that wasn't peace. A second seal with a red horse and a horseman representing war and bloodshed and Shed, and then a third seal, a black horse representing global famine, and a fourth seal, 
which was a pale horse representing pestilence and death and a fifth seal, the prayers of the martyrs ascending before the throne of God, a sixth seal, a total eclipse of the sun and moon, the sun turning black and the moon blood red. And and that brings us up to now, the seventh seal, which contains all the rest of the judgments. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, as it describes the coming of Christ and the, and the rapture of His church going in the air. It says at the end of uh, verse 10 of chapter 1 that He's going to rescue us from His coming wrath. And then ultimately, He will return and set up His reign of a thousand years. It, it's great as you, as you go through and, and you see His love for His people. And amazingly enough, in chapter 20... Of this book. Dare to believe it. He says that. We're going to rule with him. Man what a crazy thought. (laughs) But that is what our God. Declares. Now I want to look at. Elements. Of the seventh seal. And the first one so intriguing. Silence. As we read in our text. Silence for about a half an hour. Thirty minutes made me think of the hymn writer, the hymn we all sing, when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. I love the song. The only problem is, evidently, there's still some time. There's 30 minutes of silence in heaven. And as a matter of fact, you can look in chapter 22 of the book of Revelation, and it gives reference to trees in heaven bearing fruit every month. So there's still an idea of time, even within heaven. (laughs) Furthermore, as the events begin to unfold, we see an angel blowing the first of seven trumpets after this 30 minutes of silence. And see, heaven is told, stop. Pay attention. Listen. Something is going to happen. Now, it's interesting, as you look through the scripture here, heaven seems to be anything but quiet. In chapter 4, it describes lightning, flashing peals of thunder. In chapter 4, it also describes creatures before the throne of God as they say, holy, 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 who was and is and is to come. Chapter 5, there's a beautiful picture of the saints of God singing in worship. Chapter 6, there's the cries of martyrs before the throne of God because of the suffering for their commitment to Jesus. Millions of martyred saints waving palm branches and they are shouting in chapter 7, salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You see, heaven's filled with praising, with singing, with praying. It is certainly not a place of silence. And yet here as we open up. The seventh seal. There is a call. To silence. All, all the praises. All the prayers. All the singing. Stop. It's like a. If you've ever seen a courtroom scene. and On television. And then you come to the point where they're going to say guilty or not guilty. So everybody gets quiet because they want to hear the verdict. And so there is a sense of anticipation in heaven for this time. of What's going to be said? What judgment is going to be 
past. You know, if, if you are a parent and you had small kids, you know that usually it was not a good sign. It's toddler age when it gets quiet. What are they doing? <laughs> so there's this sense of anticipation. What is God about, about to, to do? What is he about to say? Now, secondly, notice seven special angels described here in verse 2. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. It's significant here, a little word in this description, the. Not just any seven angels. The description here says the seven angels. In Jewish tradition, the thought here, it was speaking of seven archangels. Specific messengers of God. They were described of as the seven archangels of the presence. A special grouping of God's angels. Matter of fact, as you look in the scripture, there are different types of angels that are described. In Genesis chapter 3, we hear about the cherubim. In Isaiah chapter 6, we hear about the seraphim. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, there is a description of the archangel. More than likely, the belief, as I said, according to Jewish tradition, is these are a series of archangels, and the job of the archangels was to be God's messenger, to make his glorious announcement of his power. As a matter of fact, as we look at Gabriel in Luke chapter 1, he comes and he makes a wonderful announcement to Zacharias. News that this baby about to be born is going to be the Messiah. It's, it's news of the Messiah, the Redeemer, Jesus, who has come to save his people from their sins. And yet there's thought that Gabriel is one of these seven angels, maybe along with Michael and some other angels. We don't know their names, but they've come to bring a, a totally different kind of message. This time, it is a message of God's judgment of the seventh seal that is about to be opened of God's wrath. And we don't hear that a lot today in our culture, even in our churches. But it's what Scripture says will be revealed. Third element, the seven trumpets. Notice that also in verse 2, he talks about these seven trumpets. And in biblical times of the ancient world, the trumpet was, rather than a musical instrument, it was used more for announcement of what was to come. The Roman army would use trumpets in their battles, and there was a trumpet blast called the first trumpet that said, hey, guys, it's time to start the battle. And then there was also a final trumpet sounded to say it's the, or called the last trumpet, uh, many think when Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 talks about that trumpet sound. It's the last trumpet that, that is to sound to declare the victory of God. Uh, there's also some that believe this refers to the Jewish feast of trumpets. And there would be a series of, of trumpet sounds or blast during that feast. And it was connected to the trump of the resurrection of the dead on that last day. 
you know, as, as we think about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Matter of fact, there are several mentions throughout the scripture as God makes his holy announcements of the trumpet sound. Uh, several of these. In Exodus 19, 19, at Mount Sinai, where the law is, is being given, and it says that there was a trumpet that sounded long, and it grew louder and louder. And remember those walls of Jericho that came a-tumbling down? As the trumpet... There was a warning trumpet sound for six days. And then on the seventh day, the trumpets blew and that, that wall came down. And then the prophets connected the sounding of the trumpets with the day of the Lord. That horrible judgment that's going to come. That's in Zephaniah and Zechariah as these prophets were proclaiming there is a day where the rightful judge. And he's going to come. He's going to come. You see, basically, it boils down to two sides here. There's a day where the trumpet will sound, and the trumpet call is either going to be for those of us who are in Jesus Christ, who have received the perfect blood of the Lamb, who have been forgiven, who have been made whole because of that perfect sacrifice. And when that trumpet sound sounds, we're going to meet Him in the air. Or the other trumpet sound is going to be that of judgment. And it's going to be one of the darkest, deadliest of all creation. Times. Horrible times. But it's only, there's only two choices. There's not a third. There's not a third. And then this final element. The prayers of the saints. Look at me, verses 3 through 5. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of the saints went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning with an earthquake. The, the word picture that would be obvious to those first readers who knew the Jewish system of worship would be of that perfect offering of a lamb without blemish or spot placed on the altar. And then the priest, he, he would take hot coals and ashes from the golden altar as they entered the holy Place just outside the Holy of Holies. And one priest filled his golden saucer or censer with grains of incense, and the other priest would take the hot coals from the golden altar into a golden bowl, and the incense would be sprinkled on top of the coals, and, and the smoke would rise upward, a pleasant aroma ascending to the very throne of God. It was a solemn assembly, and a time of silence would pervade the outer court as people were in. Prayer, seeking God and His mercy. One commentator said, maybe one key reason for that 30 minutes of silence, it is the time where all of the prayers 
of God's people that previously seemed to be unanswered or ignored or forgotten were rising to God. And although he doesn't need a specific time, he's not limited in any way to hear prayers. This is a holy moment. And guys, we'll be there if we're in Christ. It'll be a time to watch as all prayers will be rising to God. And the audience will, will be there because he is ready to answer those prayers in a way that all God's people will see and understand. What a time. What a time. You see, we don't know specifically in this text if if the prayers are just those of the martyred that are described in chapter 5 of the book of Revelation. Or, as I just possibly said, maybe every prayer, every prayer that seems unanswered, every cry to God, every frustration uttered to His throne, Every praise given to His glory, even though we don't understand. Every surrender, every impatient request for His will, longing for relief. Every anguish, cry for His will. Every plea, God be just. Every hope, breathe to God, uttered to God. You see, as we look at many of our prayers, we say, well, He just has denied our request. He just said, no. Or He's delayed the answer. When God? When will you answer? God I'm so tired of waiting. Or maybe he's disguised the request. He answered it but we just missed it. He answered it but wasn't what we expected. So we missed it. But you see the beauty of all this. Is that as an audience. We will clearly see God answering. All of those prayers. All of those prayers that we thought he missed. <laughs> what a thought. I love the hymn, I Need Thee Every Hour. Written by a housewife in New York in the 1800s with three kids named Nanny Hawks. She wrote 400 other hymns, but this is the one we still sing. just want to read the words. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. I need thee every hour. Stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. I need thee every hour in joy or pain. Come quickly and abide, or life is in vain. I need thee every hour, most holy one. Oh, make me thine indeed, thou blessed son. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now. My Savior, I come to thee. Prayers that we thought were denied. Prayers that we didn't realize were disguised. Prayers that we have felt were delayed. Will be revealed in Jesus. In that glorious moment of that seventh seal. So, what's our prayer? Gabriel. We're ready for that trumpet to sound, Gabriel. Blow that trumpet. Lord, take us home. 
We want to see that, Lord. We want to see you move. We want to see you work. We want to see you glorified. And Lord, we pray you come forth with your gospel (laughs) before the time of judgment comes. Let's pray. Lord, uh, as we've taken time, Father, to look at um, these first verses of this seventh seal, Lord, this time of silence, heaven hushed. Father, speak to us, Lord. Help us remember that you do hear our prayers, Lord, and you have a plan. And may we turn to you, whatever it is you are speaking to us about, whatever call, Lord, that you are trying to make clear to us. Help us realize, Lord, you are God and you are sovereign and you know best even when we do not understand. And I pray with this altar open that we would bow before you. If you call us to come to this altar and pray that we would pray. If we need to make a decision right where we are, that we would do that. But, Father, that we would say yes to the movement of your spirit upon our lives, Lord, whatever that may be. It is the message of Jesus. May the message of Jesus be the message of hope in this place. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.